Hey everyone, before we get started, I want to try something new with y'all. My goal is to get Business Meets Spirituality to 200 reviews on the Apple Podcast by September 1st. We're currently sitting at 101 reviews. We need 99 more reviews and I know we can do this. Our community is so much larger than this. We should be way over a thousand reviews right now, but let's get to 200. But I also want you to understand why this is really important to us. Getting more reviews and the speed of reviews that you get is of paramount importance to getting more people to discover your podcast on Apple Podcast. It is really the number one way to do it. So from getting us to 101 to 200, we're not just getting 99 more reviews. We're opening up the podcast to thousands of more people who didn't know about the show before, but now because of these extra reviews, people will know about the show. It is the best way to grow a community around a podcast. So thank you. And why is this number important? Because this is a message in a movement that I believe can positively impact the way we interact with each other, our businesses, employees, our families, ourselves, and the world at large. We can be whole and complete inside, no matter what is going on externally. We can be wildly successful and have inner peace. I want to help show people the way. Now, if we hit our goal, I'm going to host a Zoom coffee chat for all of our listeners. It'll be a great way to meet each other on Business Meet Spirituality community, as well as for you to meet uh, you and I and can answer questions about spirituality, entrepreneurship, health, wealth, leadership, creating impact, etc. whatever we want to discuss. It'll be open chat. Now or after the show, head to Apple Podcast app and give Business Meet Spirituality a reviews. Thanks in advance, everybody. And now, on to the show. Hey, everyone. I'm Adam Ergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. Today, I am joined by my chief of staff, Hallie. Hallie, how are you? Great. How about you? Doing awesome. So we are going to jump into a conversation of what it does it mean to be the steward of your life. That just sounds professional. Mm-hmm. Right. So, what does it what does it mean to you to be a steward of your life? Well, maybe break down the definition first. So people yeah, I mean, steward is a fiscal agent or someone who actively directs affairs. A, a manager called a leader. Doesn't mean to direct affairs. That just sounds like I need some <laughs> explanation on that. Well, to me, it means um, someone who is directing or organizing or leading. Like things. Would it be like resources? Yeah, resources, yeah. time, capital, knowledge. I think we often hear the term steward of capital. Yeah. Um, which just means that's Director. kind of where that fiscal agent yeah. comes in place, right? You have a responsibility to um, be a good steward of yeah. capital. Maybe that's even the, the one little word we need to add in there. It's not just being a steward of life, but it's being a, a good steward of life. For me, it means taking responsibility yeah. um, of your life, but also as a leader of... Um, I don't say other people's lives, but other people's resources, time, knowledge. I really like when we talked about being steward of knowledge. Um, and so what does that mean for you? Yeah, I mean, I think you, you nailed it. But I think a lot of people, as we in, embark leadership, we we think that being leadership means that we're in a leadership position. Everybody's leading somebody. And in, 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 let's just take a step back. Is being a steward of your life means I'm taking control in the direction of my life. I'm not going to be allowing anybody else to do anything on my life and I'm going to be taking control of it. I'm going to be the steward. You know, Gary Keller has his podcast, Think Like a CEO. And it's not about, it's not necessarily about thinking like a CEO as a CEO of a company. 
it's being the CEO of your life. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of almost the same. I kind of equate that being the same as like yeah. being the steward of your life. It's kind of like being the CEO of your life, which means like, how are you spending time? Where's your energy going? Where does your money go? How does your, what, what do you buy as a family? Um, you know, what do you value for those different things? So when you first start thinking about this is, but if you are a leader in your life, like thinking about the steward of, of time first, right? So how are you using your time? How are you directing your time and the directing the energy of other people? right? How are you being a steward of other people's time? If you have employees underneath you, you now are responsible for them. You're responsible for how they act, how they're interacting, what they do, where they're spending their time and what they're focused on. Because that's something that somebody misses so much is that if Ray Dalio does a great job of explaining this in one of his books where he talks about, Hey, if you've got, you know, five employees and they are working, but working in something that doesn't matter to the organization for three days, you just lost, right? What? 40 hours a day, five times eight is 40. Right. And, uh, you know, and then times three, you just lost over a hundred hours of unproductive time. And so we're just using a different way of saying, how do you make sure that you are, you are leading people in, in, in being a steward of how they're using their time for the organization, mm-hmm. not for you, but for the organization. I think that's a big key on this is that you're a steward. A good steward is somebody who's using it, not for their own self gain, but using it for the contribution of the organization. Yes. And I, and I would even add to that, um, and for the good of that employee, even helping them manage their, their energy. Yes. Um, or have they had a vacation in the past year? Yeah. Maybe not. Um, so also being a good steward to me is, is as a leader is making sure that you're keeping an eye on those things and where's their, yes, where's their focus energy or sorry, focus time and priorities, but also do they need a break? Yeah. We did a whole month. Or are they taking too many breaks and they really need to double down and like get focused? Yeah. (laughs) You know, we did a whole thing on this and like, where's your energy, energy, April for one of our organizations, because it was like, where is your energy going? It's just like, you are a steward of energy, right? You are a steward of it. So you're just seeing it as you are the one who is an agent who actively is, is directing the organization itself. And if you're not seeing yourself that way, because you actively are engaged in yourself and then you're leading, you're leading your kids and where their energy is going. You're leaving your partner, your business partner, your family, a friend at the store or right? anybody, right? A friend or somebody at the store, you're actively leading and in, in leaving traces of your energy everywhere as you go. Yeah. It just, what you just said, being an agent or like a steward of just made me think of what we're talking about here is you're really, you have this responsibility and you're working on behalf of exactly. this person or you're working on behalf of the organization or on behalf of the resources for this better good. And the thing is when you, when you take that approach, it one it, what it does is it separates you from you being the center of the business. Mm-hmm. So it's not about Adam. It's not about Hallie. It's about you being like, I consider myself a steward of capital, a steward of resources, right? A steward of direction, a steward of visionary. So you're, steward you're of knowledge, knowledge. We'll get to the knowledge. Let's get into that one. Yeah. That's my favorite one. Um, but like when you're, when you're doing that, like you are, it's so you're instantly, what it also does to show to your employees and to your consumers is this isn't about Adam or Hallie or anybody else. This is about Yes, we may be in these positions to direct control more because of the hierarchy of, of an organization or to the ownership. To actively direct the affairs. But you're actively directing the affairs. <laughs> 
So you're actively moving that forward. And that's how you should be approaching your business is that you're in here. Agents come in there. Vendors come in there. Other agents come into you. You be the steward of all of that. And that's what good leadership is. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so we, and you kind of, you, you've heard the term I consider, like I've said this many times in our, on some of our calls is, is yes, I'm the owner, but I'm the steward of our capital. We make a profit. And then I look at that profit and say, how can we redirect that profit to best service the organization? And of mm-hmm. course you're taking some off for your own energy and benefits. Right. But how do you reinvest for, for almost every one of my businesses? This is actually pretty interesting. Almost every one of my businesses, except for when I was directly selling real estate one-to-one, Every one of those businesses after that, I didn't take money off the table for years, mm-hmm. for I years. Yeah. I did in the beginning because it was just me and I didn't have anything else. So I had to take money, yeah. but then I reinvested a lot of that back into the business. When I started my second real business, which was the franchise, I didn't take a dollar off that for three years. We built up reserves. We put money in there so that we could, um, we could invest it back into more people, people to grow right. the organization, to invest in the systems, to get new space, to get new firm, all of these things. I was a steward of that. And I just made sure that I, that wasn't a steward for Adam. That was a steward for the organization. And you, at some point, will get the benefit from it. Even with BlackRock, I still don't t- take a salary. I still don't really take much money. We put it back into organ into our business, but we're a steward of this. HRG, it's different now because we're so profitable that we, we can take money off the table. But for but years. 10 years. Exactly. Right? Yes, exactly. Um, and maybe not quite 10 years yes. of waiting, but like. Yeah, five or six years. amount of mas- years. Yeah, yeah. And just reinvesting, reinvesting, yeah. reinvesting that into it. But again, what that does is I always explain to people, the longer you can be a better steward of capital in this particular way, the bigger the hockey stick. Mm. Because a lot of people That's want to good, be a steward yeah. of capital for a week <laughs> and then take money off for a month or a year. Mm-hmm. The longer you can go by creating a longer springboard and, and generating more revenue, which is reinvesting back into better platforms, better systems, will give you a bigger stick. And it'll give you that bigger geometric growth. And that's where a lot of business owners fall short is they don't actually hold on long enough to hit that geometric growth. And then right before, a year or two before they hit it, they go jump to something else or they stop reinvesting in it or they can't handle it. And then they buy something and, and, and drain their reserves or they put pressure. The worst position you'd ever want to be in, and I even look at this for myself all the time, is you don't ever want to be in a position where you're, you have pressure on your business to support your, your lifestyle. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And yes, I understand there's, maybe you're spending a hundred grand a year hold it there, right? Or whatever that number is. I'm not saying yes or no to any number, but you just don't want to be increasing your expenses. So there's just pressure. So you can't be an actively engaged agent to direct that capital. Because then what you're doing is I need the business to make money so I can actively take that money and put it back into stewarding it for my personal life. Right. And, and right. And is that even really a steward? A- a good steward. Not, it's a steward, but it, it's not, right, it's, it's right. not really like a good steward. Yeah. Um, and the, the benefits will come, but the, have the more patience there. Then you can, then you can kind of get into, we talked about the, the steward of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I'll start off by saying, you know, one of the three choices that Warren Buffett talks about, um, is, is the most important that he get, that he has in his life is that he is always trying to go to bed smarter each day. That's like his, one of his staple lines is every day I want to go to bed, hit the pillow smarter. doesn't mean you gained. It just means you're smarter because sometimes you're smarter because you lost, right? Right, But you're smarter. And what he, I love the way he says this. He says, knowledge every day is like compounding interest. At some point it just becomes geometric. And that's the same thing when you become a steward of knowledge, because you may read a book and you go, how am I ever going to use that? 
And then like a month later, it shows up and you go, oh yeah, I have read that book. And then all of a sudden that, the fact that you're talking to somebody who's potentially giving you a job and you'd read that book shows that you're in line with what they are and you can have a conversation about it may have gotten you that job. Or it may just gotten you in the fact that you happen to meet the author on the plane. Or you just right, it's all these different things. But knowledge is like this compounding interest. You never know really necessarily you need it. But that's how you're able to make decisions because you've built this compounding interest that this this depth of foundation to be able to draw on, to be able to use your knowledge with your employees, with your clients, with your consumers, and with the vision of the organization itself. I also think being a, um, a good steward of knowledge is sharing it, which you were starting to get to is like being able to use it in those different capacities. But I also do think that it has to do with sharing it to the right people at the right time when they need a particular piece of information or when they need a book recommendation to help them get to the next level of their career or when they really need to listen to this podcast or be connected with, um, you know, a couple's therapist or whatever it is. Um, to me, that also means being a good steward of knowledge. Yeah, because not just taking it in yeah, for our own purposes, yes. right? But really, to be able to share it with people who need it. Yeah, because you never know when you're going to need to share it. Right. It's not like you're going to read something and then two hours later you can do it. But sometimes, one of the things people ask me is like, how do we constantly produce content, or how do we know the answers? And it's we just don't know them. We just are constantly purposeful, all of us, on increasing our knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that knowledge, then you can then share when it's appropriate. So you may be in a conversation, you're sharing knowledge about spirituality, about somebody who's really going through a really tough time and they need, you know, a sense about getting greater than themselves. You may need to do like an actual financial analysis with somebody or about how to hire somebody or about how to direct an EA or how to get out of a relationship from an EA to their boss, right? So people will come to you because you are that steward of knowledge when you go through more of those experiences. And that's what becomes, you become a known for, you can, as you grow more and more and you get larger and larger in terms of your knowledge that you're gaining, people will go to you because your knowledge becomes sound. Because it's not coming from you to gain something. That's not what stewards do. Good stewards are there to contribute to the whole organization, not necessarily for personal gain. That will be a byproduct of things, mm-hmm. but you're doing it and you're a steward of using capital, using time, using your knowledge so that you can actually go out there and create something that's larger than you. And we don't need to know know everything. You don't? Just, <laughs> we t- I know, I wish I could. Um, but I just want to kind of make that point that everyone's, knowledge base or that steward of knowledge is going to be different for it's not just knowledge in this big term of knowledge it's like warren buffett's knowledge base is going to be different than um kathy heller's knowledge base or yes yes whatever right it's different it's going to be different um, but just as valuable to the people who need it yeah well you can't know everything you can't have everything can't do everything so you have to get very clear on what it is that you want to be a steward of and Mm -hmm. and so then i would then i'd pause and say okay well these sound great where do I start? Yeah, right. Where do people start? I felt like that was a rhetorical question. <laughs> I know it was. <laughs> well, <laughs> here's, here's what went through my mind is number one is if you want to be a steward of capital, learn how and why you became profitable and successful. First, learn that. I know for us, for our organization, we became profitable because we were a steward of capital to invest in the people and to invest in the systems mm-hmm. and slash models, right? Depending on when you look at that. And then also... Um, reinvesting back into people, giving them more money or giving them opportunities or giving them more opportunities inside your organization. And being a steward of your own capital from the leadership is creating a world bigger so that people don't have to leave your world so they can create more opportunities that way. So where do you start? Mm-hmm. It's, it may be like 
I don't think anybody should be going much further than like Warren Buffett's strategies on investing, right? If you want to look at that, he Warren. Here's the thing about Berkshire Hathaway. Berkshire Hathaway is an organization that literally just invests into really good companies, mm-hmm. and then he just makes them a little better. That's lit. That's it. I mean, think about Coca-Cola is the greatest example. When he went and he bought Coca-Cola and his famous thing was, I forget what he was. It was 30 years ago, whenever he bought that, maybe 40 years ago now. And, you know, I think at the time Coke was selling 7 million bottles a day. And so what he did when he bought Coca-Cola, he increased the price by one penny. Mm -hmm. And nobody felt the difference. It went from like, I don't know, like 98 cents to 99 cents or whatever it was. And there was like a, because it wasn't over a dollar. I forget exactly what it was, but it was like a natural up penny yeah and he basically came out to being like yeah that's great you made like an extra millions of dollars every day which equated to this huge amount of external wealth which then became a um, a factor in the net worth which really boosted coca-cola so it's really fascinating just a small increase in what you can do that is being a good steward of your capital investing into a good company and then tweaking it to make it a little bit better through your resources right um so i would just start looking at is like how am i using my own resources because you can't be really a good steward of capital in business if you're not really a good capital, uh, a steward of capital in your personal life. I guess you could. Maybe you could. But it would be very difficult, wouldn't it? Like, I wouldn't hire a CFO that was driving a Ferrari on a leased payment. <laughs> right? Like, I just wouldn't. Yeah, I think, right. You probably could. But then, what to me, goes back to that whole steward of knowledge. Like, it's like you can know a lot of things, but are you actually walking the yeah. walk? Yeah. And... You know, I don't know, like how how much are you actually going to listen to those people? Yeah. If they're not, and to your point, um, doing what they're coaching someone else to do. Yeah. What about your <laughs> knowledge sharing? Well, I mean, I feel like that's what we do collectively. Yeah. What about even like, like the founder force multiplier? All day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that the founder and force multiplier is a good example of being a steward of knowledge. Um, because collectively, yes. we, I mean, we, for years, we've, we dove into all of the content around executive assistants, tons of content around chiefs of staff. Um, what does that look like? What does the partnership look like? What do the career paths look like? Um, and we've been able to create this brand and community around sharing that knowledge so that other people can either start those careers, hire those force multipliers, Um, learn what that relationship looks like, learn how to lead an organization with those two people as a part of it. Um, And I feel really kind of passionate about that whole, um, being a steward of that, being a steward of that knowledge. And it has over time continued to grow. And now we, you know, get asked to share that knowledge over and over and over again. The really cool thing about being a steward of capital, steward of knowledge, steward of time is you're actually rewarded in a lot of the activities that you want to be rewarded in. Yes. And the difference is that when you're a steward of your, of, for you, you actually end up being less rewarded by a lot of those things. So it's actually the exact yes. opposite from a lot of people think is like, I need to do this for me and I need to get this. And sometimes people don't share opportunities. They don't, sh- they don't like parts of their job go. They don't use their money to invest in something. They, they use their money to, as an owner, right on themselves instead of the organization. The funny thing is if you can actually become a very good steward of your life, the value that you provide to the world will come back tenfold. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's making me think a little bit about the book I'm currently reading, which is, it's an old book and I can't believe I haven't read it. It's from 2011. Um, the Millionaire Messenger. Did you ever read that one? I did. One? Yeah, yeah, I did. So again, it was a long time ago. It was kind of, 
came out right about when I started working with you about yeah. a year about a year later, and I don't know why I never read it. So some of the information is kind of interesting because it's all about this experts industry, mm. which to a certain degree is exactly what we're talking about, yeah. being a steward of knowledge. You can actually create an entire mm-hmm. um, very successful company around just being a steward of knowledge, but it starts with what we've been talking about. It starts with um, being interested in s- certain topics, really diving in, being consistently learning and not just stopping once you've got gained a certain level of knowledge you have to continue to evolve your knowledge and then share your knowledge and as long as you keep doing that over and over again the money will come yes it will and so i think if anybody can take anything away from this it's it's how do you be a steward of your own life which is to make life not about you but to make life about you contributing you serving you giving. And then by doing that, you'll actually get that in return, but it's just a different way of thinking about it. Like if you walk in and said, you know, okay, it's like, okay, I have to direct my people. Just, you can walk in and say, I'm a steward of my employees. I'm a steward of our agents. I'm a steward of vendors. I'm a steward of my clients. Cause you are taking care of your clients. Yeah. So you're a steward in order to take care of clients. You're a steward of using the resources at your disposal. And that can be, you can be an employee or a leader and owner and do any of that. Well, I think it is this whole steward thing that we're talking about to me is just it's, it's a mindset. Yes, it is. Um, and because even when you were just talking, it made me think of um, being a steward of your own home. You know, some people, you buy a home, but if you don't take care of it, mm. um, it... Steward of your body. Yeah, it deteriorates over time and then it loses its value. Um, however, you can also buy any house and increase its value by either adding to it, making sure you do timely repairs, um, just kind of keeping it up. Um, and to me, that's what being a good steward is. Yeah. I mean, I guess you have seen that like a steward of somebody's house. Yeah. You take care of their house. You're not yeah. doing it for you, but you're keeping it up. Keep yeah. it's the same thing. And you can even do this like steward of like your own health. I guess when you just kind of said that from there, because as you become a steward of that, you change and, and help everybody else kind of see the changes you're doing, but you also show up with the most energy. Mm-hmm. So again, it's helping you by being a steward of your health, by what you eat and how much sleep you get and your recovery time, you know, all those different things that you're doing help support you, but then make you better because you can show up and contribute more. And that's the really, the, the, it is, I love the way you said it was a mindset because that's really what this is, is it's, being a steward of your life is having a mindset of, I am here to, yes, be selfish in a way that I'm going to grow myself. And I think people need to be okay with that word. We should do a whole podcast on selfishness, right? Like selfishness is not a bad word. It's a bad word when you're selfish because you want to be lazy and you want everyone to take care of you and you want everyone to give you money. That's a bad thing of selfish, right? The whole other side of this is being selfish so that you can grow and as you grow, you then can able to be a better steward of your life. Yeah, I think it's um, a steward of your life, but it's also being a steward of life. Of, lo- of life, yes. And, I like that. I, and I like that. All, all things, right? Like we talked about houses. Or, and this is another, I think Tom Murphy made this great example one time. He's the executive director of Sweethearts and Heroes. Um, when even like your office building, you know, when your people who walk around, there's the people who see some trash on the floor and they walk on by, or Mm -hmm. the people who, this is a mindset or the people who see, you know, the kitchen is messy or something and they, and they pick it up because that's just being a good steward of your environment or of your, it's just taking responsibility for, for life or for things around you. Yeah. Yesterday we were walking down our our block and there was some trash and I picked it up and, and my youngest daughter was like, Hey, what was that? I'm like, Oh, it's just a piece of trash I picked up. And she's like, it's not ours. 
and it was a great opportunity. I said, yes, it's not, but it's cleaning up the earth. Right. And the earth is ours. And how perfect of an example is that? Yeah. yeah. And that's what I did. And she's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Right. So there's all these little things. And yeah, I didn't want to carry it around with me, but you know what? It's sitting there. It just looked at it. And I didn't get it up so I could talk about it on the podcast. It just had me example. I just did it because it was did it. Right. You're just doing it. You're not doing it to put on Instagram that you're, you're picking up the word. You just helped. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, that's just what we do every day. And that's just like a steward of life is because the earth, I said, well, the earth, earth is yeah, ours, yeah. Right, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, we're taking care of it. It's just, just, it's just that mindset of, okay, I'm here. I'm interacting with life. What is life going to fold for me? A lot of times it's not asking you to do anything. It's just asking you to be, just asking you to enjoy it. It's asking you to be in a podcast, listen to a podcast. Other times asking you to pick up trash. Other times asking you to lead. Other times asking you to make a decision when there isn't any good decisions. <laughs> that is the hard things about hard things, right? I love that quote when we were talking about that in um, a blog that we wrote about the hard things. It reminded me again mm-hmm. about like the hard things of hard things is making that decision when both decisions suck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you still have to make a decision. You still have to. Yeah. yeah I know. It was, it was pretty cool. And that's part of being a steward. Yeah. Right. If you have to invest your capital of paying some of your employees or not all of your employees or, or the, paying your vendors. Or I was going to say that podcast we listened to this morning that you sent me. Yeah. That love, the yeah. third option is, is let's wait. Yes. And make the decision in a little, yeah. if we can. Yeah. But that's not always an option. Yeah. I, li- I like that example of what they did is like, you're presented with two really bad options. Can you create a third? Third. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what the third is, but is there a third option? A lot of times there is. Sometimes there's not. Right. But is there a third option? Yep. And the third option can always be, can you wait? Wait, yeah. Can you wait? And people are like, no, you can't wait. But the reality is maybe you can wait. Mm-hmm. And then let's see if another option presents itself. Sometimes it doesn't. So again, a steward of life is somebody who is, it's a mindset. It's a way of thinking. It's a way of using your best resources that you have, knowledge, capital, resources, employees, time, your health, all of that in a way that's serving something larger than you. And that's being a steward of life. Hey, if you like this episode of Business Meets Spirituality, make sure to subscribe to this podcast before you go so you don't miss future episodes. Or visit our website, adamhergenrother.com. That's H-E-R-G-E-N-R-O-T-H-E-R to subscribe to our show wherever you listen to your podcast. And don't forget, never give up on joy.